Yeah, I'm really not that worried. Hello and welcome to the Super Bayern Podcast. The 2020-21 Bundesliga season kicks off this weekend when Bayern Munich hosts Schalke at the Allianz Arena on Friday. The Bavarians head into the season heavy favorites to win their ninth consecutive league title after winning the treble last season, but an ever-diminishing squad is starting to concern some fans. I'm Benjamin Scott and I'm here to talk about Bayern's new season with my friends Tim Richards Hello there. and Sebastian Zimmerman. Hi. Well, like I said, the new season kicks off this weekend at it feels a little bit weird because we haven't really had that big of a break, but it's definitely um, exciting times. I'm not complaining at all. Football season ends. The new one begins just a couple weeks later. I, I'm ready for the new season already. But um, just from, from the get-go, let's go ahead and address that issue that I think is concerning a lot of Byron fans, including us in this uh, on this podcast, and that's that the Byron squad, instead of getting bigger in preparation for the new season, is instead getting smaller uh, after a lot of debate as to whether or not Ivan Perisic would join the squad permanently. He's gone. Um, his replacement, Oliver Batista Meyer, has already gone out on loan as well. So specifically, we're looking kind of thin on the wings. Tiago may be gone. David Alaba still hasn't signed his new contract yet. And it's almost looking like Bayern aren't going to be signing anyone before the game. I mean, definitely not before the game on Friday, but before the transfer season uh, even comes to a conclusion. So Sebastian, how are you feeling? Do you think that this is a genuine cause of concern for Bayern fans that you know we've lost guys like Perisic and Coutinho without bringing in any significant replacements? Obviously, we have Sané coming in, but uh, yeah, do you think that that this is a cause for concern? Yeah, this this is a valid concern to a certain extent. I would definitely agree uh, because uh, we cannot forget that Bayern didn't only uh, lose players uh, that were uh, starting a lot of the time, but we also uh, well, lost a lot of backups, even if those were people who didn't play a lot. Well, in combination, uh, this really becomes a bigger kind of problem when you don't only lose Perisic, but you you kind of also lose the people who would have probably played if he hadn't been there. And a lot of that actually has been happening here. Like uh, Singh is out on a loan, for example. So this is another one. But Maya is out, out on a loan and so on and so on. There's actually a pretty big number of people who are not available right now. And yeah, something something needs to happen before... Well, not before the season starts necessarily. That's unrealistic. That's not going to happen. But something needs to happen before things get really serious and before it's too late uh, to add anyone before the winter. So I definitely think we should get more players. And well, I guess I'm not as pessimistic about that as you seem to be, uh, Ben, because I'm, well, relatively confident that we're going to sign at least two other players. And yeah, I think it's not only so much about numbers, it's also about um, getting players where we need them and maybe losing one or two where we don't really need them. And when I say where we don't really need them, what I'm talking about is the central midfield. So I would not really be much concerned if we lose Thiago. I would not think, okay, we also need someone to replace him now. Uh, but yeah, so if, if Thiago leaves, for example, and uh, we get something done at the 
I would say more important positions because those are positions where uh, we really don't don't have a lot of depth. Then I would be fine with that, and I really hope that's going to happen. It's really a bit tough because uh, on the one hand, while well, Bayern has kind of surprised us with a lot of inaction some of the time, but then. Uh, well, very late, some things did happen in the last transfer window, so that was kind of okay in the end. It kind of worked out, even if the additions uh, didn't turn out to be perfect. I really hope we um, look a bit more for the long term this time, and as long we get, as we get it done uh, before the window closes, I'm completely fine with that. Sebastian, you're right, I probably am a little bit more pessimistic with you, and and I do think that we'll get something worked out. Um, I agree that the the midfield isn't really an area of concern, even if Thiago leaves. And we've talked about that before. Uh, but specifically looking at the wings, and this is where I'm going to come to you, Tim. We have Serge Gnabry, Leroy, Leroy Sané, and Kingsley Coman. Three really great wing options. But three fairly injury-prone wing options, especially with um, Coman, who's got that injury history. And then Leroy Sané coming off of such a long-term injury. I have to think surely we want um, a fourth option there that, that isn't Thomas Muller because as you know, great of a player that he is, he's so much better in the middle than out on the wing. So um, surely you have to think something will happen there. And if so, Tim, where do you see that coming from? Do you think perhaps Bayern's uh, rumored interest in Callum Hudson-Odoi is real and that may be something that comes through? Yeah, I, I honestly have no idea. I think with all of the discussion of... Like, okay, well, you know, the wages for this person are too high. The the fee for, for Perisic is too high. I think it is going to be a very conservative transfer. Um, and, and I, if there is even a transfer to begin with, like, I am dreading the phrase, we have Thomas Muller who can play out wide, like, cause that's the sort of thing that would probably come up in, um, in a press conference. Although everything that we've seen from Hansi Flick up to now is somebody that, knows exactly how many players he wants in each position and as such has demanded you know backup for uh, for the right back he wants um reinforcement uh further up the pitch as well so with any luck if because of how well he finished last season he will have some serious clout in the um in the boardroom by saying we need more players in terms of the players that it could be i would i would love to have seen perisic stay for longer i think he he very much became a, a fan favourite. Um, he is the sort of player that squads need, somebody that's just going to show up, do the dirty work, because he's not he's not flashy, he's not like he's not like this ridiculously speedy guy. Like he's obviously he's very quick, but he's not like a Dharma Triore level of, of speed or Alfonso Davis or Serge Gnabry, that eighty two pace on feet <laughs> I'm furious about that. He was just somebody that was going to show up and do exactly what was needed to be done. Um, so I, I would love to have that. Also, there is that, like the uh, the Croatian quota of you need guys like him and Mandzukic and if it's Olic who are, you know, when you have people like that in your squad, you've got a good chance of getting to the Champions League final. Um, so it's it's a shame that it won't be Perisic. You mentioned Hudson Odoi. Obviously, like I've spoken maybe a bit too much about him uh, in the past. That's a transfer that I'm kind of interested in. I don't think I like the idea of a permanent transfer now, having seen what he can do at Chelsea and seeing like just how high his wages are. I think he's on about a hundred thousand a week. I think he's he's clearly talented. 
And he's clearly got the ability to become even better because he's still very young. I think he's 20, 21, maybe. Like he's still a very, very young guy. So I'd maybe be interested in him being like the lone signing that we have. Um, because it's, it's just, that's, that's what we do. We, every year we have somebody that's on loan and they have like a really big impact. And then, you know, maybe they go back or maybe they stay a bit longer. I'd be really interested. I, we, we spoke about this in the chat uh, yesterday. If Hudson Odoi was to join Bayern, I would love for it to be on a loan with an option to buy. I don't think buying outright would be wise because Chelsea are going to ask for even more. It's like they were asking for, is it 40 million last season when he was on uh, the last year of his contract? He's now signed a five year extension. E- either way, he signed for multiple years. So his price is just going to increase and he's he's a better player now. He's got more exposure. He's an England international. So it's going to be more expensive. But if he's not going to be in that in that group uh, of like him, Werner, Havertz, Pulisic, like Bundesliga, I guess, rejects in a way, um, maybe it is worth exploring. I really think... Um... I think you, you bring up a lot of good points, but that last one specifically looking at Chelsea's, uh, I guess, stacked attack now that they've added Kai Havertz and Timo Werner, Christian Pulisic, Hakim Ziyech, uh, they even have Mason Mount, Tammy Abraham all sitting in there. When you, when you look at that, it's easy to think, you know, okay, hudson Adoy is going to have a hard time um, getting the playing time he wants. Now, coming to Bayern may not offer him that much more, but he does have to factor in... Um, one, Hansi Flick and Bayern's record of, of getting these young guys in uh, throughout the you know the past year or so has been really good. And then, like I said earlier, the odds are that two of these guys that we have on the wings are going to get injured. Um, that's just the fact of the matter. And it'll be good competition for him. I think that you said a loan with an option to buy would be ideal, and I'm right there with you. I think that would be the best move if we could somehow get Chelsea to, uh, to buy into that. Um, I'm going to bring up something you said earlier you talked about Byron having that sort of Croatian quota uh, that is necessary for success um, Sebastian I'm going to jump back to the midfield now because Tim brought that up there's been a surprising amount of rumors linking Bayern Munich with a move for Inter's uh, Marcelo Brozovic is even um, if Tiago does go you said that you don't think Bayern need a, a, another midfielder so what would you how would you feel about a, a potential move for uh, Brozovic coming to Bayern maybe if, if for nothing else than to feel that Croatian quota? Well, yeah, surprising is probably kind of the key word for me here. I don't know, probably some someone got some kind of wrong information and this was completely blown, blown out of proportion. I don't know how this happened. I'm I'm pretty sure that Bayern is not really interested. I think it was Sportbild who also recorded uh, reported this today. Um, they said that he's not Bayern material or something like that. I don't know if I would put it that way. But yeah, we just don't have any need at his position. And I'm also not sure uh, if he brings that kind of mentality that we uh, used to like in those Croatian players he talked about. I guess, uh, well, not every Croatian is going to have the, the identical mindset. I guess that's pretty obvious. And I'm not sure that, that he's that guy. I'm not sure if he brings that mentality uh, we happen to find in a number of Croatian players. Uh, so I really don't like it at all. It's not for me. It's not the the right, not the right age, not the right position, not not the probably also not the right mentality. Not that I know too much of him, but from what I know about him, he's maybe not 
uh, a player like Perisic was in terms of mentality. So, yeah, nothing that really uh, makes me want to see a, a, a transfer like this one happen. Mm. I really think we have needs in, in other places. This is just going to cause uh, two kinds of problems for us. Uh, one problem is going to be uh, that he's going to wa want to play and he's not going to like not playing all the time, but I definitely want to see Goretzka and Kimmich play. If you got a, got a player in who, who has that kind of transfer value, obviously that guy's going to want to play, especially at his age. He's not going to want to wait uh, to become our next big thing because he's way too old for that. So, yeah, well, there's just nothing about this transfer that I would like. So I really don't want that. I think we should definitely focus on the wing. We should definitely also focus on that right-back position you talked about. And if we can get those two players uh, we hear the most about right now, that being uh, that being CHO, Callum Hudson-Odoi, um, uh, for, for the wing, I'm going to like that. Of course, I agree with you guys that it's probably unrealistic uh, and probably not ideal to sign him for the long term right now. It's kind of a weird situation anyway, because really, why uh, would Chelsea first give him such a huge contract and then already, uh, I don't know how, how much time passed since then, probably half a year or maybe a year. Um, why would you do that? That's kind of, well, strange decision for me, because either you really want to build something with him or you don't. Uh, you should really make up your mind and you shouldn't change it after barely a season in between, so... Not a huge fan uh, of what they are doing there, but yeah, alone with a uh, with an option for us, that, that would be great. That he would probably be the ideal guy for that. Um, with all with, with all of the young options or most of the young options, no longer options for this season for us. Yeah, getting a young guy in who's also pretty much proven already. This this would be great. Also, a player who probably likes Bayern. He probably has recognized how much we wanted him, and we probably still want him. So this is really looking good, and uh, as you hinted, uh, as you hinted at uh, Ben, I think it was you. Uh, yeah, Coman is probably going to get injured. Maybe someone else is also going to get injured. So there are definitely going to be chances for him. There's definitely going to be playing time for him, even as a starting out as a number four winger for us. He could easily become a number three winger, uh, and then things are going to look pretty different already. And yeah, of course, the other name I'm having in mind is Serginio Dest. This was also in the same uh, Sportbild article. Uh, I think that it came out, no, probably not today. Maybe maybe today, maybe it was already on Monday. I'm not quite sure if it was online or in the printed version. Uh, so, yeah, this is still a huge topic, and I really hope something gets moving in that, in that direction because we have been talking about Serginio Dest for such a long time mm -hmm. already, and I can't believe that we're not willing to pay even $15 million for him. Yeah, I think I think Serginho Dest is sort of the obvious candidate for Bayern Munich when it comes to adding a right back. Um, number one, it, it, it's been in the press for months at this point that Bayern want him. And then number two, he offers um, such a different profile in the position than the right back that we already have in Benjamin Pavard. So uh, I think it's pretty obvious that, or pretty obvious that if Bayern were to target one right back specifically, it's going to be Dest. Um, whether or not they can get him and, and have to go for someone else. That's still, you know, yet to be seen. But Dest is sort of ideal. Whereas on the wing, other than these uh, these rather sparse Hudson Adoy rumors that just surfaced, we haven't really seen anything about a potential fourth winger for Bayern, um, other than 
Flick wanted Perisic, and then if it wasn't going to be Perisic, he wanted Batista Meyer, and they're both off the table. So um, do either of y'all, I guess, have a recommendation for someone who Bayern should look for uh, to kind of fill that gap, fill that void, and, and play as a, a fourth winger? Because it's sort of this weird position where we're going to need someone um, talented enough to fill in when necessary, but also someone who's going to be okay not playing most of the games because they're behind uh, at least two world-class wingers and one that if he's not quite world-class, he's getting pretty close in in Kingsley Coman. So do either of you have a name that you would maybe recommend that Byron uh, should be looking at? I'm like very unfamiliar with him and really only know him purely from like a stats point of view. Daniel Marlin Hmm. from PSV is, I think, 20 years old. Dutch international, which is already a very impressive thing thing to say. He's uh, more than capable of... I, this is something I've like long been a, a fan of, is versatility. So he can comfortably, comfortably play on either wing and also through the middle. I think if... I, I don't know to what extent Xerxes is going to feature this season, but if you can get somebody that is good enough to start for for a team like PSV. So obviously, you know, not necessarily at Bayern's level, but they're not a terrible side. Like they've got some really talented players and the Dutch, the Dutch league kind of gets a bit of a a reputation of being, oh, it's just like, it's Ajax's to lose, much like the French league or even the German league in that sense. Um, I think the fact that he's able to, to perform at, at that level at such a young age, while also being able to offer a sense of versatility I would love to see a player, if not him, then cer- certainly someone of that ilk come in. Because I, I I don't think that buying a player for just one position is is really that sensible. Unless, of course, like you can get a really good deal and say, okay, we'll pay like 15 or, or 20 million euros for a right back. I think, I think that's fine. But obviously, like the further up the pitch you go, players get more expensive. I think if you're going to be pay- if you're going to be paying a premium or any- on anybody, you would want to ensure that you're not buying a fourth winger. You're buying a fourth winger and also rotation for for this role and also uh, a second option for that role as well. Um, so yeah, I would I would be very interested in if not Daniel Marlin, then somebody with that sort of build. I think um, any dedicated fans of the podcast any longtime listeners of the podcast will remember a couple years ago when tim you brought up a very similar player to daniel mallon in, in memphis depay um, and saying that not necessarily that byron should go for depay specifically but a player in that mold um so i, I say i'll just say anyone who's listened to us for a long time will absolutely not be surprised that you brought up someone who doesn't only play as a winger but that can also play uh, as sort of a center forward if, if called upon uh, Sebastian, do you have a, a recommendation? Yeah, uh, first um, I want to say I very much like the idea of getting someone uh, who is a winger and he, who can also play somewhere in the middle. Um, that's a great idea. It just yeah, I just can't come up with a huge number of players like that who also are at the right price range and the right age range, I suppose. So I want to instead mention uh, one one more well uh, usual suspect, I suppose, in Leon Bailey. Uh, I think he's kind of made up his mind uh, about uh, being transferred to some Premier League club. But other than that, I think this could still be a pretty good idea because he definitely wants to leave Leverkusen as it is. 
and he's also maybe kind of the 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 uh, right price range here and the right kind of profile. I still like that idea. Yeah, Leon Bailey is definitely a player that that I love um, as far as you know on the field type stuff goes, but. I do. I get the feeling, Sebastian, that he wouldn't really love uh, the idea of coming to be Bayern's fourth choice. And I also kind of get the feeling that if he came to Bayern, he would be a step above Kingsley Coman. Maybe I'm wrong, but I, I see him as better than Coman uh, for sure, or at least on on a level playing field. But um, yeah, you never know how that's going to work out with Leverkusen and Bayern, and then and then Leon Bailey's own ambitions. So that is definitely an interesting name, though. I think with with Bailey, you get somebody whose ceiling is. I, I, I don't know. I think on his best day, I would say that he's maybe as good as Kingsley Coman because like we've seen Bailey has this weird ability to really, really show up anytime he plays against Bayern, mm-hmm. which is just the most infuriating thing in the world. I'm, I'm so fed up of seeing players have the game of their season against Bayern. It's usually the keepers as well. But I think he is somebody that could potentially displace Kingsley Coman. But the problem is, is that he is so inconsistent and I think his ability is just quite erratic it's it's really hard to see like it's difficult to know which Leon Bailey is going to show up much like it is Kingsley Coman okay I I realized that okay that that honeymoon period's over he scored the final goal great back to hating on Kingsley Coman again like I I do I would love to see him maintain like a very consistent season because if he's a buying player I want him to succeed but I think I, I would be really interested to see what Bailey could do at a team like Bayern that have got like such high ambition and also with a manager like Flick. I, I think Bailey's an interesting name. I definitely agree with what you guys said. I just feel like this is uh, probably more positive for him because, yeah, he might he might challenge Kingsley Coman if he wins out, basically. That's great. Uh, if Kingsley Coman, uh, well... Uh, yeah, just gets better because there's some uh, competition for him. That's also great. So there's not really much to lose as long as we don't overpay for such a player. And then, well, we can still think next year we can sell one of them if we feel like it. If not, we don't. So, yeah, I just see that as a positive kind of... Of course, he cannot be the perfect player. Uh, otherwise, he would be our starter immediately. So we're looking for a backup. And yeah, for me, that's just uh, fits the profile perfectly. Yeah, well, no matter what, I think we're all definitely in agreement that Bayern need to bring in someone who can play on the wings, uh, who, again, isn't named Thomas Muller, to uh, fill in for those guys if, if it's needed. And, you know, even if no one gets injured, we're averaging a game every three days heading into this new season, so you're going to want to have a pretty full squad for it. I think Leon Goretzka um, said in his press conference yesterday that you want to have, or you want to be doubled up in each position. Um, and right now, the, the two areas that were not doubled up are on the wings and at right back. Um, so those are the two areas that we really need to get taken care of. Um, so as we kind of head into this new season, there's a, a few more things we need to talk about. Uh, I think a little over a year ago when we were giving a sort of preview to last season, we talked about players that we thought would kind of have a breakout season. And I think every single one of us, um, Garrett included, brought up Serge Gnabry. And so in a sense, we were right, because Serge Gnabry definitely did have a breakout season, but uh, no one, I think, saw the the rise of Alfonso Davies um, as much as we would have hoped for it. I don't think anyone would have been able to straight up predict just how amazing Thomas Muller would have been this season. Um, so heading into you know this upcoming season, 
Is there anyone, and I'll start with uh, start with you, Tim. Is there anyone, any player on this squad that you think Bayern fans should um, keep a keen eye on? Someone that you think is going to have a breakout year that you'll identify them as? Okay, this is this is their year. Uh, it's maybe like a bit of a cop out answer. I think we're going to see Joshua Kimmich just really, really improve from what he's already at. I think he's still he's still so young and has has only got better. Uh, I think this is going to be the year that he really establishes himself as, you know, one of the absolute best midfielders in the world. I see that transfer marked have uh, reevaluated some of their uh, some of their values, and Kimmich is now the most expensive defensive midfielder in the world. And while that doesn't really count for much, I think this is going to be a period of time where people are going to start to recognise that outside of Bayern. So this, I don't know, I, I. I never want to see him leave the club. I think he's, I think he's just the quintessential Bayern player at this point, and has been able to really kind of move away from that. Oh, he's the Lam successor. He's not. He's now his own player, and it's it's really wonderful to see that. So I think this is going to be a very important season for him. Elsewhere, I'm I'm really interested to see what uh, Tange Nianzu can do. Okay, he's injured for the first few weeks, which is fitting for a Bayern <laughs> player, sadly. Um, a French Bayern think, player at that, yeah, very, very much so. From from PSG's academy, no less. Mm. Um, I'm I'm really excited to see what he can do. I think he's kind of. I, I want to say that he's going to be the sort of player that's almost forgotten about for a brief period of time, and then I could probably envisage some injury happening to somebody, and he steps in and kind of has that sort of meteoric rise that Alfonso Davies had where he was he's put in there out of not not necessarily necessity because they've obviously bought him because they see him as as a valuable asset but I think he'll be getting his minutes because of there there isn't somebody else to to step in so he's probably our fourth fourth choice center back maybe or fifth I, I don't really know how that would work but I can see him having a string of very very good games and just growing from there I'm I'm really excited about him, Tim. You sort of you sort of stole my answer with with Joshua Kimmich, uh, and I think you're spot on with all the points that you make. I think most people who keep up with with European football as a whole would would be quick to admit that Joshua Kimmich is, if not the best um, defensive midfielder in the world, he's one of the you know top three, and I think he's definitely the best. And I think that this season, um, 2020, has already sort of been this way for him already but it's going to be the the season the year where he solidifies that spot where if you have if you ask anyone if you could put any defensive midfielder in your team who's it going to be first answer is Joshua Kimmich straight away Um, and I think he's going to really resonate with Byron fans you know he's already sort of taking on that um, that identity where you look at him and you're like okay this is future Byron legend everyone's already calling him the future Byron captain I think he's really just going to grow into that and embrace that so I'm really looking forward to see how he develops throughout the year and then if I had to bring up another player um, I won't go Leroy Sané even though I do think he'll uh, be amazing for Bayern I'm interested interested to see how Nicolas Sula will do with a full season under Hansi Flick um, because as great as Bayern have been under Flick the one area of concern has sort of been that defense um, and, and no disrespect to David Alaba or Jerome Boateng because they've both been incredible but I'm really interested to see how Nicolas Sula can come in and, and sort of solidify things, um, especially alongside David Oliver. I think Nicolas Sula will easily start over Jerome Boateng 
he played great in the Champions League final. He filled in perfectly after having such little time to come back from his injury. Um, and I think that he's sort of maybe been forgotten about a little bit, and I think that he's going to come back in and uh, pick back up where he left off and, and really show again that he's one of the best you know, center backs in the world. Um, which, by the way, I don't know if you saw what Timo Werner said after the Chelsea game, that he's never played against center backs with uh, such pace and such size. I'm not sure where he's going with that because none of the guys on the field were faster or bigger than Nicolas Sula is. But anyway, I'll, I'll get off of that for a second. Uh, Sebastian, anyone that you want to bring up? Yeah, uh, first, I guess I want to preface this by saying, from my perspective, it's a bit tough because there are a number of players who are maybe in a position to have a breakout year to make this their year in terms of the personal situation, where they are as a player right now, where they are in their careers. And on the other hand, there are a number of players who are, uh, in terms of how the squad is laid out, uh, in a position to get those chances. But those two categories don't really align very well, I would say. Um, uh, for, for example, uh, I find uh, Joshua Sexe is probably someone who I could see play very well if he would get like at least 20 games, but he's probably not going to get 20 games, so I can uh, I cannot really say this is going to be his season. This is not, not realistic because of that reason. Another player of that category would be Adrian Fine. Uh, yeah, the same is true for him. He just would, if he would get like 20 matches in this upcoming season, I would say he's probably going to look very good. He's probably going to develop a lot, but I, I just don't think he's going to get as many uh, as many chances to show that. So there's a number of players like that. And then uh, there's a number of players like Lucas Hernandez, where I'm kind of lose, losing confidence in him a little bit. I'm, I'm not convinced that, that he's going to stand out. I'm not very convinced that he's going to outshine uh, or other options at his possible positions. For whatever reason, I can't. I think it's kind of hard to say why uh, he's not playing better for Bayern because I think he can play better. I still don't don't really know what's going on with him, for example. So there are a number of players. Some are in a position in terms of uh, chances they are probably going to get, and other players are in a good position in terms of their talent where they are in their careers. Um. So I'm going to go with uh, someone else, and this for me is Serge Gnabry. I think. Uh, he's going to have probably an even better season than he had last year because on the other side of the pitch, there's going to be Lira Sané and most of the focus is going to be on Lira Sané, I hope. So this is going to take away a lot of the pressure from Serge Gnabry to be the the other guy who scores a lot for us uh, next to uh, Robert Lewandowski. So I think this can definitely be a huge opportunity for him when those two link up more, when they become... Uh, a pairing on the wing like Ribéry and Robin were maybe something or near nearly uh, in that kind of category that would be huge and I think yeah this would mean Serge Gnabry is going to be even better score, scoring even a, a lot more get, getting a lot of assists and just looking looking very very good on the pitch something we haven't even talked about on this uh, podcast yet though um, is the fact that Serge Gnabry has switched from the number 22 to the number seven so that Ribéry and Robin comparison becomes even more apt heading into this new season. Uh, and yeah, I, I think you're right. I think that Serge Gnabry um, having Leroy Sané on the opposite side is just going to free up so much um, space for him, so much. Uh, it's going to allow him so much freedom um, because defenders not only have to focus on one side 
of the pitch now. They have to focus on both, and I'm really excited to see how you know they interchange positions, how they play together. I'm just I'm I'm, I'm really looking forward to Byron's wing play uh, uh, this season. And one more thing, looking forward into the new season, uh, we got to look at a couple of the other clubs. And so Tim, I'll come to you. Borussia Dortmund have managed to keep all of their players, and when I say all of their players, I obviously mean Jaden Sancho. Uh, and have even strengthened a little bit, adding some some depth, adding some really good young guys. Do you think that this season they'll be a genuine threat to Bayern? Um, and then if not Dortmund, who do you think could provide that threat? Maybe Leipzig, even though they lost Timo Werner, or maybe there's some other clubs worth mentioning. Yeah, I'm really not that worried. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, the way that Bayern finished the season well, a few weeks ago, it's kind of weird that Bayern's preseason has been the Champions League, right? Like I think that's there's just, there's levels to that. I really I have to admire that. Um, yeah, I think that's the only that's the only thing that could possibly be something of a concern is that Dortmund would have practiced a bit more. Um, it's it's great that guys like Jaden Sancho are staying uh, are staying in the league for you know another year or maybe. Maybe not. I, I don't. I don't really know what's going on there. But for the most part, it's not really something I'm too worried about. Obviously, they've got guys outside of Jaden Sancho, like Erling Haaland. It's going to be interesting to see what he can do over a full season. I think this is going to be the first time he fit, he starts and finishes the season with the same club in about two years. Potentially, I don't know. It's still it's still time. Um, but yeah, I I can't really see. A team eclipsing Bayern at this point, there, there's a chance that it could get a bit, it could get close because it's been it's been close in the past few years. But if if Flick keeps on playing, if if he keeps on getting Bayern to play the way that they've done, with that sort of intensity, with that energy, and with the aggression, I don't really know what it would take to knock Bayern off. I'm not going to say that it won't happen. I remember there was quite a famous thing on the radio over here a few years ago where somebody said that Chelsea have outgrown the league and then they were, I think, like 16th at one point, like within three months of that interview taking place. So I don't want to get ahead of myself and say Bayern have outgrown the Bundesliga because they haven't. But I think it's going to be very difficult for another team to to take over. I think it's going to be really interesting to see what Leipzig do without Timo Werner. Um, as as you mentioned, like players like him and, and Havertz have have left Bayern's like main competitors. But I I really feel that it isn't going to be a case of if you take these what the, these players out of the team, it's just going to crumble. I think I think they'll manage, and, and I think it will be completely fine. I don't know how much it's gonna it's going to impact them. Interesting, Sebastian. I don't know. Do you feel the the same level of confidence as Tim heading into the season? Well, I guess maybe not quite the same level of confidence, but I'm still agreeing with uh, Tim's main points, I suppose. Uh, I think Dortmund definitely got a bit better. Uh, I, I think um, they probably going to uh, going to profit from some other teams getting a bit weaker because the problem for for Dortmund obviously is not really beating Bayern one on one, basically. Beating beating Bayern in a in a, in one match, but th- their problem is well not losing not losing the points against weaker teams. So other teams getting weaker is probably a factor that's going to help Dortmund a bit. 
um, because that's where they they lose the championship usually more than in the games against Bayern. So I think that's definitely a factor. Uh, if you look at their if if you look at their squad, they definitely got better, and you can can say this uh, about uh, a few Bundesliga clubs, I would say. So, but but I think my problem with them is I I don't think uh, Lucien Lucien Favre is going to last all that much longer for them because I, I think he's just kind of a well a difficult kind of person, uh, and we've all already seen the cracks. Uh, in in this uh, system, uh, we have already seen that it is not all perfect between him and the club. And yeah, I think this is probably not going to last all that much longer. I think he stayed four years uh, at Gladbach then, but this last year, I seem to remember. I think, if I remember correctly, it was already a t- kind of tough situation. So yeah, I, I don't I don't think he's good for for another two years, or maybe not even for another year. So yeah, I, th- I think the trouble is going going definitely going to start properly this season. So I think this is going to be their problem. Other than that, other than Dortmund, yeah, the other the other clubs, Leverkusen especially, and uh, uh, Leipzig are definitely in a situation where they need to make sure that they have done enough, which I don't think they have already. They might, of course, still do enough to well keep their level, but I'm not perfectly sure this is going to be very easy for them. And then behind them. Well, I think Gladbach is doing a pretty good job right now. I think Gladbach is looking pretty good. They didn't lose any important players. They they got some interesting additions and they kept their 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 team together very much. They already were a pretty strong team with a with a lot of with a lot of interesting players. So I think they are definitely uh, looking up kind of. And then, well, I guess uh, the big question mark would be uh, Hertha BSC. You don't really know how strong they are going to be. They are probably also not done on the transfer market. So they are probably also good for a little surprise. But I really don't think any of any of them are an actual threat to Bayern at this point. If there is a threat to Bayern, that would still definitely be Borussia Dortmund, I'm pretty sure. Hmm. Well, one more topic before we start to wrap things up. Uh, let's look specifically at the game on Friday when Bayern kicks th- kick things off against Schalke. And there's just one question that we like to talk about a lot. Uh, and that's how is Hansi Flick going to line the team up? Now, there's only really a few question marks. I think that um, we obviously know that Thomas Muller, Robert Lewandowski are going to be leading the line, and Serge Gnabry is going to be somewhere in the mix. Um, Joshua Kimmich in midfield, and most of the back line, Davies, Alaba, Pavard, and then Neuer, kind of choose, uh, pick themselves. So really, we need to talk about who's going to fill in that second center back spot. Uh, and then who's going to partner Kimmich in midfield and who's taking up the other wing position. Um, now, I think Kingsley Coman has been out of practice for a while, so it's starting to look like Leroy Sané is going to be on the wing. Tim, do you think it's too soon to throw him in, or do you think he's ready for uh, the Bundesliga start? And then do you see Goretzka or Thiago taking that spot and who fills in at uh, centre-back alongside Alaba? Yes, yeah, so you mentioned that. Kingsley Coman's not been in training, so the reason behind that is that he was, I think he was in contact with somebody that tested positive for coronavirus. So he's in uh, quarantine for, I think, two weeks. His last test was negative, um, so I think it's just a precaution. Uh, so he's not likely to be in the squad this week, or I think maybe next week. I'm I'm not too sure. Um, I would be really interested to see Leroy Sane start. I think this is going to be a great opportunity to 
to like really showcase what he can do. Obviously, game against Schalke, I think. So already that's quite a massive thing for him and mm-hmm. um, playing playing against his former club. Um, yeah, I would have Nabry and uh, and Leroy Sane starting uh, starting out wide. In terms of who partners with with Yosu Kimmich, for as long as he's here, I would start Thiago because I think he's got this just this unmatched quality in midfield that is is so great to see and I am not prepared for him to go and so I'm kind of hoping that it all it takes is just a a very heavy victory against Schalke for him to think actually I think I will extend um but generally I would I would start him anyway um I would yeah, I would have like a midfield pairing of of Thiago and Kimmich. I, I really like that pairing. I think it works very well. And in defence, I'd probably give it to Sula. I think he played really, really well in the final. And again, this is a great opportunity for him to to showcase what he can do and show that he is back from injury. Um, I've got a feeling that that would probably be the team that I would pick in like if the Champions League final was tomorrow which it almost was like it's taken a very long time to get here. But yeah, that's that's a strong team in my eyes. I think for the most part I would probably agree with you. Um but before I talk about the one potential change that I would make, I want to hear Sebastian's thoughts uh on, on the starting lineup for Friday. Well, I hope I'm not taking that change away from you then. Uh because I think I would also just make the one uh, the one change. For me, it's very clear that I would start the Rosane because you want to start him against Schalke, and he's probably more well-rested than any of the others. So, yeah, I, I really don't see why we wouldn't give him the, give him this game. Uh, and then uh, Zula is also pretty clear for me. He has been looking very good again, I think, and uh, well, he's only getting better from now on. Uh, there, there's going to be less and less of a reason to not start him. He's definitely, for me, either a best or a second-best uh, centre-back, so I really want to see more of him. I want to see him build up some chemistry with David Alaba and well who's ho- hopefully staying so yeah these, these, this is going to be our pairing for uh, maybe uh, well years from now on so yeah I want to see more of him and then yeah the change then is going to be uh, Leon Goretzka I want to see Kimmich and Goretzka again we still don't know if Thiago is even staying so yeah even that should be would be enough of a reason for me to say let's start Goretzka he also has uh, a history with Schalke, so that's also uh, a factor here. But yeah, I just prefer him as a player. I don't think we need Thiago. I don't. I, I think Goretzka played at least as well as Thiago over the last season. Not that Thiago didn't play well. There were matches where Thiago really, uh, really impressed me. But yeah, Goretzka did too. So I don't know. I would. I would uh, have Goretzka there. Yeah. No, Sebastian. That is. That's definitely the change that I was kind of mulling over because I'm still really not sure who I would start. I think it's it would be a, a last-minute decision for me because Thiago, I think, like Tim said, does bring just this quality that is unmatched. But at the same time, it is Leon Goretzka playing against his former club in Schalke. And so you have that playing into things. And then also, if Thiago is going to leave, I want to be playing my guys who are going to stay as often as possible. Now, if I still thought there was a chance that I could convince Thiago to stay, on the other hand then I'd be playing him as much as possible. So it kind of goes back and forth, and you, I would really have to know um, what's going on in the background of the club to, to make an informed decision. But I think no matter what, looking forward to the game, it's going to be super 
exciting. I can't wait for the new season to kick off. Um, but that is all the time that we have to talk about things today. Um, one more thing before we conclude. A new Bundesliga season means a new fantasy Bundesliga season. So if you haven't already, be sure to join our league on the Fantasy Bundesliga. Uh, you just put in Super Bayern Pod. You'll become part of our league. Um, you can do your best. I think I was the only one in this podcast to make top 10 in our league last season. So uh, I definitely have the bragging rights. Um, but like I said, that's all the time that we have for this one. If you've enjoyed listening or if you're a regular fan of the podcast, please do us a favor and leave us a five-star review. We greatly appreciate that. If you want to get in touch with us, there are a few ways you can do it. You can either email us at superbyronpod at gmail.com or you can follow us on Twitter at superbyronpod and reach out to us there. All of our episodes can be found wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you for listening. Go out and tell all your friends, and we'll talk to you next time. <laughs>